Pull those belts tight, put on your helmet, and grab a gear. It's time for another high-speed episode of Race Chaser Media's Motorsports Madness, powered by MyComputerCareer.edu. Training for a better life. Let's throw the green and send it to the hosts in the studio. Hello, 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 and welcome to another edition of Motorsports Madness, powered by MyComputerCareer.edu, training for a better life, and this is going to be an exercise in, let's see how many times we have to make fun of Jacob because he can't split his brain in enough ways to successfully function during this show. I have not produced a show myself in quite a while, and now I get to produce one and host it. So this is going to be an adventure, and we're glad you're along for the ride with us. Uh, I am joined on this show by Tom Baker, as well as uh, from TSJ Sports, Noah Lewis and Peter Strada, and Tom, uh, n- number one, I'm already prepared for the mockery that's going to come out of the three of you because me punching buttons and trying to keep this train from uh, going off the tracks is a recipe for disaster. But on the bright side, it's almost Daytona Speed Weeks, and we're excited about that. Well, fortunately for you, I have neither my bell nor my buzzer since we're actually not in the WSIC studio tonight. But, um, yeah, I'm sure we'll uh, poke a little fun at your expense because that's our job after all. And, yes, it is Daytona Speed Weeks. And, man, this is going to be, I think, one of the most intriguing and exciting Speed Weeks uh, in NASCAR history. And the 500 itself is shaping up. I mean, qualifying is going to be just beyond fascinating with all the new teams and new drivers and new places and uh, charters flying around all over the place and some teams without charters. I mean, this is just the Rolex 24 started it right off uh, on a great note. And it's going to be, uh, I think, no different as we continue to go through the rest of the events. I would agree with that. And as Tom mentioned, we have a lot to get to on this show tonight. We are going to look back a little bit on the Rolex 24 at Daytona, the season opener for the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship. We're going to look ahead towards this year's 63rd running of the Daytona 500. We're going to look back in history on a uh, anniversary that is occurring this year from Daytona 500 past and uh, discuss a lot of memories of that and uh, we'll also get to a whole bunch of other fun news and notes and predictions and all that good stuff because well that's what we do on this show right now however we have to step aside quick take our first commercial break back with more after this you own a performance car and you know how to drive but you want to learn real performance driving well bunky get that car off the street and onto the track summit point motorsports park the mid-atlantic's premier road racing facility located just over an hour from dc in nearby summit point west virginia is the place to go and you'll find that friday at the track is going to give you what you need for less than a monthly car payment you can attend this regularly scheduled one-day instructional event in your street car on one of summit point's three world-class road racing circuits you'll receive classroom instruction skid pad instruction in their cars including front and rear skid control and four 20-minute in-your-car instructional sessions from a professional instructor. Have fun, go fast, and really learn how to drive. Call 304-725-8444 for class schedules and details. That's 304-725-8444. Friday at the track at Summit Point Motorsports Park. Green light. Hey, girl. School zone. I'm getting hungry. Car changing lanes. You want to meet me for pizza? Stop sign. Intersection clear. Yeah, street. Pizza sounds good. 
Ballin Street? Girlin Street! <gasps> it's hard to concentrate on two things at once, like texting and driving. Stop the text, stop the wrecks. How will you stop texting and driving? Tell us at stoptextstoprex.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Here's an important message from Rad and this station. Hi, this is Bob Sheehan from Blues Traveler for Rad, recording artists against drunk driving. I like to party just as much as the next guy, maybe even more. But the one thing I won't do after I've had a few is get in the car and drive. Don't blow it. Always choose a designated driver. Remember, music lives and so should you. Automotive technicians and auto service trainees, how would you like to work at the beach and perform for one of the best car care centers in the nation? Lewis Meineke is now looking for skilled automotive technicians to join their award-winning team. If you're a gearhead that knows his or her stuff or a young up-and-comer that has the motivation and drive to succeed, then you need to make this call today, 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center, located in beautiful Lewis, Delaware, offers a highly competitive compensation plan, great benefits, a flexible schedule, and did we mention that you're going to be working at the beach? Plus, there's a signing bonus for the right candidates. Technicians must be ASE certified and have a minimum of six years' experience. Beginners advance at your own pace in one of several entry-level positions. But whatever you do, don't wait. These jobs will go fast. Call Tim at 302-827-2054. That's 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center. Rev up your career. Hi, this is Ty Ingram, and you're listening to the Race Chaser Radio. Now back to the show. This is where I'm disappointed because Tom doesn't even have his bell to give me a ding because I survived getting us through the first commercial break and, and didn't break anything. So that is major progress here on Motorsports Madness. Uh, welcome back to the show. Jacob Seelman playing producer and host tonight, joined by Tom Baker, Noah Lewis, Peter Strada. We are counting down basically to Daytona Speed Week. I'm, I'm taking the S off because it is no longer parts of two different weeks. Noah and I will be down in Daytona next week at various times to uh, bring coverage of all the action. And before we do that, though, Tom, and talk about what's happening next week, we need to look back a second and talk about what happened a little over a week ago because the Rolex 24 was brilliant, uh, I'll say. That's, That's easily the best sports car race I've seen since I started covering the 24 hours of Daytona. And gosh darn, if it wasn't for a lousy tire puncture, I think that would have absolutely gone down to the final corners of the final lap. That was as good as it gets. Yeah, it was in so many different ways, too. I, I think when you when you look back at this year's Rolex, I think a few of the things that stand out for me, number one, um, this race it, back in the day when I was younger and I would watch this race, it seemed like you really had to basically conserve your car and you had multi, multi-car teams playing different strategies. One car would be the rabbit and one car would be the tortoise. They would try different things, be on different pit sequences, that sort of thing. This year, it felt to me like for the first time, everybody was just flat out and to the pedal to the metal the entire 24 hours it was a really aggressive race number two 
I felt like there were more competitive cars than there's ever been before. Um, you know, especially in the top class, you had five cars on the lead lap coming down to the finish, and they were all fairly um, tight together, which is great. Um, you know, as compared to usual when you might see two or three. So, yeah, it made for a fantastic last hour. And the, the other thing that struck me was just how diverse this year's overall field was with more NASCAR drivers, more IndyCar drivers, a couple of F1 drivers, and, you know, just the diversity of talent. And uh, it was, I really thought this was an incredible 24, and I hope everybody else enjoyed it. Noah, I know you and I both uh, – we're up till the very wee hours of the morning before we finally conked out. <laughs> yeah, I had to I had to conk out around seven a.m. or so. I think I lost you nearly around five thirty or or around that time. But you know, it like you said, Tom, it had everything we want in an endurance race. You don't usually see a race um, in the twenty four hours of Daytona come down to so many chances for so many drivers to get that overall win, and that's what we saw. I mean, what a flip from just a year ago from uh, from what we saw there. So, look, th this was everything you'd want as a race fan. You'd want it to come down to the wire, and that's what we saw. Um, literally, until the final minutes of that race, we didn't know who was going to end up with the top spot, if older tires or newer uh, right-side tires would prevail. And and uh, then, of course, the 0-1 car uh, from the Chip Ganassi entry uh, did lose their tire with, I think, around four minutes or so remaining in the race. And that kind of gave a nice lead, not a huge lead, but a nice lead to the Wayne Taylor entry that went on to win another 24. So, like you said, Tom, it had everything we wanted to see. And, uh, and, and Peter, I don't know how you felt about it. I know you, you slept a little longer than some of the rest of us, but you did get up early. Um, what did you think about it? Well, I guess I did sleep for a little bit. I checked out about 2.30 a.m., but I was sure to get up, get up bright and early at 6 a.m. when it came back on NBCSN. The one thing I'll take away from this year's Rolex 24 is how evenly balanced the DPI class was. For It felt like most of that race, you had four, if not five guys, all under the blanket battling for the lead, whether it was the 10 for Wayne Taylor Racing or the 48, the 31 for... Uh, Action Express Racing, or the Mazda car, or the Chip Ganassi car, and I think had the Ganassi car's tire not blown, like you said, in the closing minutes, we would have had the battle for the ages right down to those final seconds on that final lap. For me, uh, the, the other thing that stuck out as you look at this, it wasn't just, Tom, about Wayne Taylor Racing winning their third straight Rolex 24 and tying Chip Ganassi Racing as one of only two teams to win the race three years in a row overall, but this was the first win as a brand for Acura in the Rolex 24 after they had been around with uh, Team Penske and in the top level of prototypes for several years. Uh, you know, they moved over to Michael Shank and to Wayne Taylor Racing, which switched from Cadillac to Acura this year. And this was a really, really big breakthrough for the Acura brand on a major stage in sports cars. It really was. And I think the the big key for them was that that car, that the, the actual car that won, uh, spent less time in the pits overall than uh, some of the other cars it was racing against uh, for the win. And I think, you know, that made a difference coming down to the end. It was a fairly flawless race for that group. And just great to see them get, uh, like like you said, third in a row, four of the last five 
um, what a driver lineup in that car too, and and, and the personalities uh, there. That victory lane was very exciting. But getting back to something that Peter said, I want to kind of emphasize. Um, he's right. This the one of the other things that was special about this twenty four. I thought Jacob was that. Um, you know, you had even in in some of the other classes, you had several cars. Um, you know, two-car teams that were able to basically run together for much of the race. Um, and again, just something very different from what we're used to seeing. And it made this year's race um, quite different. And I think overall there were less uh, cautions and certainly less red flags as well, um, Jacob, in this race. Yeah, we didn't quite get to a record race distance, but uh, we did cross the 800-lap threshold for the first time uh, in, in a couple of years, if I remember correctly. Aside from last year, if if I remember right, last year actually set the race distance record, so we've topped 800 laps now the last two years in a row after several years where you uh, you wake up in the morning hours and you have that fog, that mist that settles in over Daytona Beach and, and just you know forces them to have to red flag the race for, for several hours until that burns off. We didn't really have that this year, which I thought was a, was a really good thing, um, you know, really looking, you know, looking forward to the sports car season as a whole and the possibility of some of these entries coming back. Uh, we weren't sure if we would see the 48 car, the Ally car, Noah, but uh, Jimmy Johnson, uh, Simon Pagenaud, Kamui Kobayashi, that bunch finishing second overall, and that may propel them to run the other endurance races this year, which is a big deal. Yeah, any any place Jimmy Johnson can go get road experience right now is where he's headed. And like you said, another second place finish for Jimmy Johnson. He's not uh, he's not unfamiliar with that territory in that race. So, um, but to your point about the laps and things like that, that's what we want to see out of an endurance race. You know, this is a twenty four hours of Daytona. We want to see twenty four hours run, put the cars to the test and see what the drivers can do. Um, so it always kind of stinks when we have to see a red flag for weather or fog, like you said, um, that we've seen in the past. So with this year, having the entire race run through, um, and then on top of that, having a fantastic finish to go along with it, uh, I mean, you couldn't ask for any better. And, and like your point was to that 48 team, they certainly did what they needed to do, uh, just came up one spot short. That they did. Uh, yeah, and I know there were a lot of people, uh, certainly, that I talked to that were really hoping and, and pulling for that Ally Cadillac to be able to get the job done. Of course, uh, some of the other classes, interesting. The other notable story, obviously, out of the GT Le Mans class is that Antonio Garcia was pulled from the race about 9 a.m., about six hours to go, Um when uh, he came back with a uh, positive COVID-19 test, which, as Antonio later relayed, has actually turned out to be a false positive that ruled him out for the remainder of the race. So that was a big storyline. This Rolex, the first time uh, with five classes. That's uh, another thing. The LMP3 cars making their debut at Daytona. That was a big deal. So a lot of things to unpack there and more that we can talk about as the sports car season gets closer. We can pick up that conversation when we get a little closer to Sebring next month. Right now, though, we do have to step aside, take another commercial break. Motorsports Madness continuing right around the turn. 
You own a performance car and you know how to drive, but you want to learn real performance driving. Well, Bunky, get that car off the street and onto the track. Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier road racing facility, located just over an hour from D.C. in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, is the place to go. And you'll find that Friday at the track is going to give you what you need. For less than a monthly car payment, you can attend this regularly scheduled one-day instructional event in your street car on one of Summit Point's three world-class road racing circuits. You'll receive classroom instruction, skid pad instruction in their cars, including including front and rear skid control, and four 20-minute in-your-car instructional sessions from a professional instructor. Have fun, go fast, and really learn how to drive. Call 304-725-8444 for class schedules and details. That's 304-725-8444, Friday at the track at Summit Point Motorsports Park. Motorsports Sales Professionals. Performance Motorsports is looking to build a team of experienced media sales professionals to represent our programming to the industry's top companies, magazines, and racing series. If you have motorsports sales or marketing experience, know how to work with agencies, understand social media, and are incredibly creative when it comes to working with clients and promotions, then we want to hear from you. Top performers are richly rewarded. Your imagination is the only limit here. Call 717-749-0444. That's 717-749-0444. Or email us at scorpionradiogroup at gmail.com. You want to ask for Sue. Is your job sucking the life out of you? Wake up. You can do something else. Information technology. I know what you're thinking, but I'm not a math and science person. No problem and no excuses. Because it's not rocket science, it's My Computer Career. Go to mycomputercareer.edu and take the free career evaluation today. You could start your new life as an IT pro in as little as four months. Mycomputercareer.edu, that's mycomputercareer.edu. The Performance Motorsports Network is a compilation of shows about motorsports. From technical to controversial to just fun, everything you like about racing and gearhead stuff is right here on one internet channel. The Performance Motorsports Network. Tell your friends about it. Hi, I'm Reed Sorensen. Racing has been a part of me and my family for as long as I can remember. I had to make tough choices early on to get to the top. It took hard work and dedication. But it's those tough choices that help me prepare for challenges I would face as a cup driver. Make the right choices today and be ready for the challenges tomorrow. This message is brought to you by the U.S. Air Force. Hi, this is Spencer Boyd, and you're listening to Race Chaser Radio. Now back to the show. I can't get too confident, but that's two segments in a row that I haven't messed anything up. This is this is going surprisingly well so far for producing and hosting again. Welcome back to Motorsports Madness, powered by MyComputerCareer.edu, and I promise I'm not going to get giddy anymore because we're just going to get through the rest of the show, and it's going to be okay. Jacob Seelman, Tom Baker, uh, Noah Lewis, Peter Strada, and uh, later on, I realize now that I actually didn't mention this right at the top of the show because there was so much to pack into the first two minutes and 50 seconds, but Ryan Vargas is going to be joining us around 8 o'clock to talk about all things JD Motorsports. He's got a full Xfinity season lined up, and and Tom, we're excited about that. He's excited about that. Next week is going to be very
very, very, very fun for the Rhino Gang, and he has been all over it on social media since they made that announcement. Uh, that there is a lot of hype around him getting this opportunity, and really around, like we talked about a week ago with his teammate Colby Howard, around the whole JD Motorsports team. Yeah, there really is, and uh, we did have Colby on last week, and it's funny the way that uh, JD is kind of lined up this year, four, four full-time cars for the first time in forever. And uh, you've got Landon Castle, who's really the old man in the lineup. And, uh, you know, he's married with a couple of kids. And, you know, he's uh, he's kind of the uh, the old man in the lineup. And uh, then you got Jeffrey Earnhardt, who's also been around for a good while. And then you got the uh, two relative newcomers, um, Colby Howard and Ryan Vargas, who uh, both had some um, time last year in the seat at that level, but uh, didn't run the full season. And so now you got all four of them running full time in some real good cars at JD Motorsports this year. They've done a lot of homework, and uh, I think they have the opportunity to surprise some people. And I think that's going to be one of the most entertaining teams to watch through the year, and certainly some great personalities. We're uh, happy to have the Rhino. Uh, on the show tonight, uh, and that's going to be uh, a lot of fun coming up. Yeah, it will be. Uh, so that's coming up uh, again at the top of the hour tonight, 8 o'clock. Right now, though, however, we're going to kind of delve back into the history books a little bit because as we look ahead towards this Daytona Speed Weeks, Tom, we do kind of really start reflecting because this Speed Weeks marks the 20th anniversary of the death of Dale Earnhardt on the final lap of the 2001 Daytona 500. And I think for those of us who remember it, they, there's nobody who doesn't remember where they were when that happened, when the, when the end of that race happened, when the announcement happened a couple hours later. Uh, it, for me, it's the first race that I have vivid memories of actually watching live at home with my family. And, you know, really as as tough of a day as it was, I think that really cemented a lot of, you know, my belief and love for the sport because of how everyone banded together after that. But certainly a lot of memories coming back and will come back over the course of the next 10 days or so. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, if you if you really go back and, and you think about where things were at, at that point in time, I mean, in 2001, you know, Fox was launching their first ever season of coverage with, of course, the, the 500. And they had their, you know, all of their A-list. Uh, Terry Bradshaw was involved in that. Uh, of course, she had the booth of Mike, Larry, and Daryl. Um, but uh, they really were were doing their best to make this a big splash. It was their first race. Um, the sport itself was in a position where, you know, Dale Earnhardt was absolutely the face of the sport still at that time. Uh, he and Jeff Gordon had had five or six years of their rivalry. And, you know, you kind of had the yin and the yang there between the two of them. And uh, but if you think about where the sport was, um, you know, it had gone from Dale really was the perfect um, person to kind of be the, the, the face and the poster child of it because Dale kind of led them 
through the transition from the, the, the period of the, the 70s, so to speak, 60s, 70s, where the cars were still kind of overgrown street stocks. And then, um, you know, next thing was um, they started to transition through the 80s into more technologically advanced aero-driven cars. And as you get into the 90s, you know, that kind of came full on. And so, you know, as long as Dale, who was kind of the everyman, you know, he was the Marlboro man. He was the working class man. He was the guy who, you know, during the week was as likely to be on the farm, you know, feeding the chickens or doing whatever other farmhand work he had to do as he was to be out signing autographs and whatever. And so by the time we got to Daytona of 2001, the the cars had changed, the sport had changed, but Dale was still there. And I think when you think about what happened that day and you think about, you know, everything that led up to that with Michael Waltrip and Dale Jr. in the debut of DEI and just so much going on, Dale was still the the true north as mike joy said later that night after you know we found out what happened you know the 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 sport nascar's compass lost its true north and that's you know through all of that change dale was still the constant that sort of kept the fan base excited and and content and you know that that's what made that day so hard because it was like the entire sport just stopped for a little while that it did noah thought i i know obviously you and peter are are a couple years younger than i am and and probably don't have as vivid memories but you guys still i know are, are historians of the sport and you know have paid attention to all the effects that came after yeah tom tom summed that up perfectly and and what i want to add is is uh is to kind of piggyback off of his his take is just that storyline of the weekend, like he said, um, how it all came to be with Michael in victory lane, Dale Jr. coming second, and Dale doing something we never saw Dale do in defending that line. I'll tell you, the first time that I uh, stepped foot in Daytona International Speedway last year, we came through the tunnel, that notorious tunnel that we ride through to get inside the infield, and I remember just glancing over at the turn and thinking, you know, it, it was just something that, that makes you think, you know, that's where we lost Dale Earnhardt. And even as someone that, you know, hasn't been around the sport as long or doesn't have the vivid memories of that day, like you said, Jacob, it's one that, that sticks with our sport for eternity. It will always stay. Um, any fan that comes in new or old will know the name of Dale Earnhardt, um, based on the history that he set and the man he was. So it still is very touching now, just as touching uh, as it once was, Peter. Yeah, just like you said, Noah, I'm slightly too young to really have vivid memories of that day. I was not a fan until the later 2000s, long after Earnhardt's passing. And to fans of your age, my age, and this generation, younger fans, he really is the blue-collar champion. I mean, he didn't come from a lot of money. He was just a normal kid in a normal family from Kannapolis. He grew up in a family where he honestly probably had a future working at a mill, but he followed his father's footsteps to become arguably the greatest driver of all time. And that's how he's remembered today as arguably the greatest driver of 
of all time by fans who didn't get to see him race. And the fact that it's been 20 years is certainly a huge milestone. I just remember how big a deal it was a couple of years ago when Austin Dillon took the three car back to Daytona 500 victory lane on the 20 year anniversary of Earnhardt winning that race and how the 98 500 was just replayed so many times that year leading up to and after that 500 Austin one. And just as someone who didn't really get to see Earnhardt or know the story, I highly suggest anyone watch Michael Waltrip's documentary, Blink of an Eye, that he released a couple of years ago. He wrote a book about it first and then turned it into a movie and both are among the greatest pieces of racing uh, story I've ever uh, seen. I actually just uh, rewatched The Day on YouTube today. Uh, if you type in The Day, Dale Earnhardt, um, it's a five-part uh, uh, series there. Five, it's, it's, it's one show, but they split it into five parts on YouTube. And... Um, great watch and a great remembrance uh from a lot of the people who are involved and um jacob i i just uh i know we'll talk more about this uh in our next segment but i just uh sit here and can't help but wonder how the sport might have been different today had that not happened um and in some ways from a safety standpoint um I, I'm not sure we would have been as advanced as we are, but in some ways, uh, as a, from a competition standpoint, um, I wonder. And uh, so maybe we can talk a little bit about that and more about Dale when we come back, uh, Jacob, after the break. Yeah, you know, it's interesting, too, that you mentioned that because uh, there was a, uh, a Daytona 500 uh, Media Week availability earlier this week that I was a part of with uh, Richard Childress, with Tori Glida from RCR, with Andy Petrie, who's the competition director at RCR, and uh, that was actually the question that I closed the press conference with uh, with Andy and Richard was, you know, what they felt the legacy of the last 20 years has been, and Andy made that, that point that you just made, Tom, that the safety aspects and the advances that we've made are certainly the legacy, and that he wasn't sure had things not happened the way they did in 2001, if some of those advances and that legacy would be the same if Dale had survived that crash that day. So uh, it, it's right. a lot to think about, and uh, we are going to go ahead and, and step aside here, and when we come back on the other side of commercial break, we'll have more Motorsports Madness Speed Week's conversation right after this. When do you think of a plumber? Like most people, even if it's an emergency, you can be confident about who will arrive to help you. For quality and reliability, count on someone you can trust. Call on the plumbing services of Hague Quality Water of Maryland. Plumbing doesn't have to be an emergency. We handle all kinds of preventative maintenance, too. Hague Quality Water of Maryland is family-owned here in Annapolis since 1993. For a refreshing choice, call us at 888-84-WATER or visit us online. Here at Lewis Meineke, we're more than just your average car care center. Hey, it's Dave, your neighbor from Lewis Meineke. Whether you need an oil change, brakes, tires, or anything under the hood, we've got you covered. Take advantage of our free check engine light service as well. Yes, free. And don't forget about our free shuttle service. Never stress, we'll take care of the rest. On with life. Give us a call at Lewis Meineke, 302-827-2054. Victory Custom Trailers is the place to go for your next new or used trailer or coach. 
Being personally involved in the racing community allows Victory to fully understand what racers need in a trailer. They have over 200 coaches and trailers in stock for a variety of industries, and they can serve anyone in the continental U.S. If you're looking for something custom, they can assist in designing a trailer to fit your needs. Check out their entire inventory online at victorcustomtrailers.com. Do you love the sound of high-revving motors and the smell of burning rubber? Do you want to get your car sideways right at the ragged edge of control? If you've always wanted to try drifting or learn to improve your drifting skills, Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier motorsports facility, has the expert instructors and the specialized track to teach you how to drift and the skills necessary to drift competitively. From skid pad to open sessions, Summit Point Motorsports Park has the safe and open environment that allows drifters of all skills levels new to intermediate to get sideways and smoking with a focus on safety and the skill set necessary to drift competitively summit point motorsports parks drift nirvana is just the thing for you call for your reservation today 304-725-8444 or for more information go online summitpoint-raceway.com or you can email them at office at bsrinc.com drift nirvana getting you sideways the right way If you own a gun, you have a full-time responsibility. When you aren't using it, be sure it can't get into the hands of curious children, troubled teenagers, a thief, or anyone else who might misuse it. Your family, friends, and neighbors are all counting on you. Remember, always lock it up. For more information on firearm storage safety, visit ncpc.org. This message brought to you by the National Crime Prevention Council, the Bureau of Justice Assistance, and the Ag Council. Hi, this is Ross Chastain. You're listening to Race Chaser Radio. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Motorsports Madness, powered by mycomputercareer.edu, which is training for a better life. Jacob Seelman, Tom Baker, Noah Lewis, and Peter Strada with you as we continue to roll through tonight's program and continuing to reflect back as we approach the 20th anniversary of the 2001 Daytona 500 on that 2001 edition of the Great American Race and, and how the sport has changed since then. Tom, I, I brought it up before the break that we had a, a media availability this week with RC, Andy Petrie, Tori Goleta, some of the main figures around RCR and ECR engines when Dale passed away back in, in 2001. And I was really struck by uh, a couple of the comments that, that Richard made, not just for himself personally and, and you know talking about the days even now where he'll still sit at home sometimes and and think about Dale and you know what would Dale do or how would Dale approach a situation whether it's from a business acumen or a racing acumen but really talking about the fans and how so many you know of RCR's interactions even today are still you know go back to Dale senior and how much impact even over the last 20 years that that fan base still feels and the connection that they still feel to the driver that made that number 3 car famous and it it does make you think that that even now two decades later how one driver ha- even after his passing has just transcended the sport in a way that so 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 few others if any others have ever been able to do yeah um that's uh and and it's a hard uh 
point to kind of grapple with and really put into words in the kind of detail that it probably deserves to be. But, you know, I mentioned the fact that Dale was kind of the compass. He was bigger, almost bigger than the sport. And when we lost him, it didn't matter if you liked Dale as a driver or you didn't like him. He was he the 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 person that he was the archetype that he was you know the kind of the blue collar working class didn't have money he had to do it on talent he kind of evolved over his career from kind of a you know a rough and tumble southern guy to a much more sort of um professional business like uh guy but he never lost that common man kind of character or persona um, that was as authentic as it as it got, and when we lost him, the I think the sport struggled to find another, um, you know, another face who could kind of carry it. You know, it was sort of dumped on Junior well before he was ready to 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 take the ball and run with it. And of course, you know, it took Junior years to really kind of grow and mature into the kind of a um, of of a persona and a kind of a businessman and a, and a representative that he now is for the sport. I think twenty years later, we could kind of make the argument that Junior, at least in many ways, has become that face for NASCAR and has gone far beyond NASCAR, Jacob, in terms of his reach for the sport, doing things like the Olympics and, you know, football games and whatever else, and even, you know, other forms of racing like Indy and the 24. Um, you know, I think he's kind of grown into that, ironically, all these years later. But it really, um, I think the the effect of losing that sort of Marlboro Man personality really it it just sort of made the sport wobble for a good long time before um you know before now junior and and we've had some other drivers that have done um well with it and within it but i i i really don't think any of them honestly have ever quite grown to the stature that dale had um and i think junior is probably jacob as close to that sort of face for nascar as it gets now, and again, I think it's ironic that it kind of got, you know, passed down to him when he didn't really necessarily want it or probably wasn't ready for it back then. But, you know, after all he's been through in his own career and in his own life, I think he's kind of developed into that face. Um, and it's really, I think, had a very stabilizing effect on the sport as we get to this point. I would agree with that uh, wholeheartedly, and it's funny that you mention the sport wobbling for a long time because as as unstable as I think we all felt like it was in the hours and the first couple of days after the 500, Tom, you and I were discussing it a little bit during the break, but uh, you know, the, it was a case where even in spite of not feeling like the sport could stand on its own in the wake of the tragedy— it had to stand on its own because there was a race the following weekend at Rockingham, and whether you know whether anybody liked it or not, it had to go on. And I think Dale would have kicked a whole lot of people if it hadn't gone on. Yeah, um, and that was such a tough week for everybody, right? Because you really just didn't know what to expect, and to to have that race 
turn out the way that it did with Steve Park winning for DEI um, and just that collective sort of burst of emotion um, and then to go to Atlanta and have Kevin Harvick win for RCR um, and then in July to go to Daytona and have Junior win, um, it sort of just put, it, it was as if at that point, everything kind of crystallized again and the sport realized, okay, now we can go forward somehow. But even, you know, even still, um, there have been, you know, your Tony Stewart's and so on, but, you know, they're, they're, and a lot of them are great champions and great representatives for the sport, but they just didn't have that, that combination of, of characteristics that Dale had. And, you know, I think junior has been a, an amazing, um, he has risen to a level for the sport since he's retired that went far beyond where he ever was when he was driving. And I, I, I just look back across the years and I, I just think about how remarkable that is really, even just thinking about it in this moment, um, how, how much junior has just sort of, um, you know, taken it on. And, uh, but you're right. That Rockingham race was probably one of the toughest things that anyone in NASCAR. And of course I, I was also, when I watched that, that special again today, that, that reflection, um, you know, it, it, it talked about the the actual announcement by Mike Helton in the in the press room. And Jacob, you and I have both, you know, been in the media, me obviously longer than you, but um but both of us have had to kind of you know, write about or break news of that kind of tragedy. Um I can't even imagine what that moment was like because again you know dale you had drivers and then you had you have heroes and you have legends and dale was so much more to so many people jacob than just a driver um when you you, you know heroes are not supposed to die at least that's what the cartoons always tell us and and when when that happened i just i i can't even imagine in that moment what it had to be like to to have to try to find words to write about that or talk about that. Um, it was just, I mean, again, I think we're still feeling the effect in some ways today. Um, and, and, and again, I think safety wise, probably a very positive effect, but man, um, it's just thinking about it. The, the fact that it's already been 20 years and people still get just as emotional about it in this moment as they did back when it happened. Yeah, it, it's interesting that you mentioned that, Tom, and, and the fact I've I've sat in the Daytona press room. In fact, uh, all three of us, Noah, Peter, and myself, sat in it a year ago, and Peter, I think the three of us were kind of almost prepared for our 2001 moment last February after Newman's crash, and thank God it wasn't what we all feared it might be, but that that was one of those moments, I think, where the emotion of a similar situation kind of, it just came in and, and walloped everybody right upside the head all at once. Absolutely. You took the point I was going to bring right away from me. I mean, yes, Denny Hamlin won his 73 Daytona 500, but honestly, at the time, no one cared about that. No one cared that he had made history by being the first back-to-back -back winner in over 20 years. All the focus and all the attention in that room was on Ryan Newman. I mean, we were all scrolling Twitter, refreshing it incessantly, 
looking for any update from Halifax Medical Center on his condition. And I just remember with it being the one year anniversary, just those couple, two, three hours of just how on pins and needles we all were. I mean, Jacob, you, Noah, myself, and a couple others just in the cafeteria room there or in the deadline room there, just how uncertain we all were of what to do and how to react. Agreed. And, and, one of those where you just know a kind of, uh, we were all trying to take in a lot of things at once. There was a lot we didn't know. I, I think the uncertainty of that whole night, uh, much like uh, back in 2001, I, um, yeah, Tom references the documentary The Day, and I remember uh, from that documentary, um, I think it was um, Marty Reed. Uh, or not Marty Reed, Marty Smith, sorry. Huh. Um, too many multiple names in my head. Uh, Marty Smith from ESPN, who said, you know, it wasn't until things started to trickle out back in 2001 that you had a sense of how bad it might be. And, and I think that was the toughest part for all of us a year ago was there really was no sense of how bad it might be. Yeah, that, that's that's very true. I mean, we were all very gutted in the moment. It went from such excitement out of turn four for similar to 2001 for the finish of the, the Daytona 500, the Great American Race. And then all of a sudden our hearts stopped and, and we were in a state of shock. And then in that moment, too, something that um, I never thought I'd have to experience or you certainly can't prepare yourself for. We had to jump in and enter and do interviews post race. There was still post race to get done. And I can't imagine uh, the reporters in 2001 that had to do something similar with such uncertainty. Obviously, that scene um, maybe not as severe or or right in front of their eyes as coming across the front stretch where we saw Ryan Newman. Um, but certainly, we were we were all very gutted. And and to the Dale point that we were talking about earlier, you know, we think of Dale as such a huge figure, and uh, and you knew who he was you knew his personality and that's something that we've lacked a little bit in our sport uh recently and i think we have some guys coming up in this sport and, and some girls and that are gonna um that are gonna bring some more personality back and we certainly hope to see that i i would agree with that noah to uh to an extent i think uh there is a, a spark of personality maybe in in some regards that has been missing, and I think certainly that we uh, we hope to see come back over the course of the next couple of years. As you mentioned, a lot of uh, fresh faces, a lot of different names, a lot of new talent coming into uh, the sport of NASCAR at all three of its national levels right now that uh, is, is a sign and, and I think bodes for a lot of good things ahead. Of course, again, uh, if you're just joining us, uh, looking back a little bit on the 20-year anniversary of the 2001 Daytona 500 and you know this Speed Week's being 20 years since the death of Dale Earnhardt, obviously more conversation going to go in as we get closer and closer to Daytona Speed Week, which condensed down into six days, which starts next Tuesday with the clash under the lights at the Daytona Road Course and concludes next Sunday with the 63rd running of the Daytona 500, where Denny Hamlin will attempt to go for his third consecutive win in the Great American Race, something that no driver in the history of the sport has ever been able to do. And with all of that said, we're going to get ready to take a, com a commercial break. We'll come back and continue with even more Motorsports Madness. Uh, if you're listening to us, glad you're joining us. Ryan Vargas is still ahead. We'll be back with more after this. How to be a great dad in 15 seconds. 
bike ride, go fish, walk in the park, phone call, milkshake, play catch, picnic, fly a kite, tell jokes, laugh, talk, read a story, tell a story, bumper car, swing set, bowling, pillow fight, cut loose, stay tight. Because the smallest moments can have the biggest impact on a child's life. Take time to be a dad today. Call 877-4DAD-411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Automotive technicians and auto service trainees, how would you like to work at the beach and perform for one of the best car care centers in the nation? Lewis Meineke is now looking for skilled automotive technicians to join their award-winning team. If you're a gearhead that knows his or her stuff or a young up-and-comer that has the motivation and drive to succeed, then you need to make this call today, 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center, located in beautiful Lewis, Delaware, offers a highly competitive compensation plan, great benefits, a flexible schedule, and did we mention that you're going to be working at the beach? Plus, there's a signing bonus for the right candidates. Technicians must be ASE certified and have a minimum of six years' experience. Beginners advance at your own pace in one of several entry-level positions. But whatever you do, don't wait. These jobs will go fast. Call Tim at 302-827-2054. That's 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center. Rev up your career. You hear that? That's the sound of America's only sports car. That's right. It's a Corvette. But not just any Corvette. It's your Corvette. It's that who cares if there's traffic part of your day. And this can be you when you come to Cooper Corvettes. With 60 years of Corvettes to choose from, there's always a Corvette in your budget. And they'll service any Corvette you bring in. Cooper Corvettes. On Route 1 just north of Quantico and Triangle. Call, click, or visit coopercorvettes.com. Victory Custom Trailers is the place to go for your next new or used trailer or coach. Being personally involved in the racing community allows Victory to fully understand what racers need in a trailer. They have over 200 coaches and trailers in stock for a variety of industries, and they can serve anyone in the continental U.S. If you're looking for something custom, they can assist in designing a trailer to fit your needs. Check out their entire inventory online at victorycustomtrailers.com. He wanted to be known for doing his best. His best made him Major League Baseball's most valuable player. Strike two. He played in six World Series and was elected to the Hall of Fame. Although an honest man, he was best at stealing holes. But the best quality of Jackie Robinson's life was his character. So here's to you, Mr. Robinson. Thanks for passing it on. From the Foundation for a Better Life at Values.com. Hey, this is Reed Wilson, and you're listening to Race Chaser Radio. Now back to the show. Yeehaw. Welcome back to Motorsports Madness, powered by mycomputercareer.edu, which is training for a better life. Jacob Seelman, Tom Baker, Noah Lewis, Peter Strada with you as we continue rolling on here. And I can't believe we've made it half the show, Tom, and <laughs> we're, we're talking about my computer career now, and I haven't had to reboot anything on my end. You haven't had to reboot me. I'm going to knock on wood on the desk next to me because now that I've said that, I'm probably going to screw something up. But if I do, we do know that the fine folks from my computer career can either A, help us out, or B, teach us how to not have those problems in the first place. <laughs> 
Well, I'm not sure that we're not beyond the kind of help that my computer career can provide at this point. Uh, but uh, I do know this, that if you're looking for uh, a new career, whether it is a first career or a second or third or fourth career, my computer career might be your answer. Mycomputercareer.edu is training for a better life. My computer career is an IT training school, and you can go to their website at mycomputercareer.edu and take a free career evaluation test just to see if uh, IT might be of interest to you and you might be a good fit for it. If you decide to pursue your training in IT, which is one of the still fastest growing industries uh, that is out there right now. Um, it is pretty simple. Financial aid is available if you qualify, including the GI Bill. And the training is just one to two days a week online. That's it. And in as little as four to six months, you could be ready to go out into the, the workforce and start a new career for a better life. So again, real simple. You don't have to be a rocket scientist. You don't have to be a math and science whiz. You don't have to be a computer whiz. Mycomputercareer.edu is training for a better life. And we do so much appreciate the folks from my computer career being a part of the Race Chaser family. Did you take a breath at all during that? I'm not sure. <laughs> I don't think I did. I'll tell you what. That was impressive. That was, uh, I, If you didn't take a Thank breath, you, I'm not sure how you pulled it off. Right now, however, I'm going to give you an opportunity to take a breath because we have to take a breath and go aside for a commercial break. We'll be back with more madness right after this. How to be a great dad in 15 seconds. Bike ride, go fish, walk in the park, phone call, milkshake, play catch, picnic, fly a kite, tell jokes, laugh, talk, read a story, tell a story, bumper car, swing set, bowling, pillow fight, cut loose, stay tight. Whew. Because the smallest moments can have the biggest impact on a child's life. Take time to be a dad today. Call 877-4DAD-411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Automotive technicians and auto service trainees, how would you like to work at the beach and perform for one of the best car care centers in the nation? Lewis Meineke is now looking for skilled automotive technicians to join their award-winning team. If you're a gearhead that knows his or her stuff or a young up-and-comer that has the motivation and drive to succeed, then you need to make this call today, 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center, located in beautiful Lewis, Delaware, offers a highly competitive compensation plan, great benefits, a flexible schedule, and did we mention that you're going to be working at the beach? Plus, there's a signing bonus for the right candidates. Technicians must be ASE certified and have a minimum of six years' experience. Beginners advance at your own pace in one of several entry-level positions. But whatever you do, don't wait. These jobs will go fast. Call Tim at 302-827-2054. That's 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center. Rev up your career. You hear that? That's the sound of America's only sports car. That's right. It's a Corvette. But not just any Corvette. It's your Corvette. It's that who cares if there's traffic part of your day. And this can be you when you come to Cooper Corvettes. With 60 years of Corvettes to choose from, there's always a Corvette in your budget. And they'll service any Corvette you bring in. Cooper Corvettes. On Route 1 just north of Quantico in Triangle. Call, click, or visit coopercorvettes.com. He wanted to be known for doing his best. His best made him Major League Baseball's most valuable player. Strike two. 
He played in six World Series and was elected to the Hall of Fame. Although an honest man, he was best at stealing home. But the best quality of Jackie Robinson's life was his character. So here's to you, Mr. Robinson. Thanks for passing it on from the Foundation for a Better Life at values.com. When Marlon Shirley was five years old, he was in an accident and lost his foot, but he didn't lose his heart. When you tackle a challenge that you just cannot even fathom tackling, when you accomplish that, the amount of integrity and the will and the heart that you'll get from that experience is what will set you up for your life. In less time than it took Marlon Shirley to say that, he can now run 100 meters because today he's the world's fastest amputee. Overcoming, pass it on from the Foundation for a Better Life at values.com. Hi, I'm Cody Connor, and you're listening to Race Chaser Radio. Now back to the show. Okay, Blues Hour kicking off the second half of Motorsports Madness, powered by mycomputercareer.edu, is exactly uh, brilliant. I didn't plan for that, but hey, it works. Sometimes the blind squirrel finds a nut every once in a while. Welcome back to the show. Jacob Seelman, Tom Baker, Peter Strada, Noah Lewis with you, and we are just getting into the second half of tonight's program, which means coming up in just a couple of minutes, we will hear from J.D. Motorsports' full-time NASCAR Xfinity Series driver Ryan Vargas as uh, he joins us at 8 o'clock. And we've talked a lot of speed weeks during the first half of the program. We've reflected uh, back on 2001. We talked about some Rolex 24 in the first half of tonight's show. And Tom, I think uh, Vargas coming and joining us for a bit is a good excuse in the second half of this show to really start to look ahead towards exactly what we're going to see next week during Speed Week at Daytona. No? I don't know. You know, I think think that honestly, you probably have a point with that. I think that it really is. um, This is going to be one of the most, like I said at the top of the show, intriguing Speed Weeks in a long time at Daytona in all three classes, because much like Ryan goes into a full season for the first time, we've got a number of drivers in that situation. We've got drivers racing for new teams. We've got new teams in the sport. We've got drivers like Ty Dillon, who are driving a couple of different cars. Ty uh, was announced going to substitute for um, Bubba Wallace for the Bush Flash because Ty's eligible, Bubba's not. So he's actually going to be the first one to run for that new team. Um, Stuff like that makes this really, really intriguing, Jake, and I can't wait to get it all started. Absolutely, and to uh, add a little bit to Ty Dillon and 2311 Racing, co-owned by Denny Hamlin and Michael Jordan, uh, that is going to be Root Insurance as the primary sponsor of the 23 car for the Bush Clash on Tuesday night under the lights on the Daytona road course. Now, uh, if, if you'd have told me that last year or a couple of years ago, I might have laughed at you. But uh, <laughs> I, I think the clash on the road course is going to be interesting and perhaps a little less expensive in this case than it has been in years past. We are going to step aside, take a commercial break. Ryan Vargas on the other side of this. 
Everywhere you go, you hear it, and you see it. It's coming at you through your phone, your tablet, and your computer. It's broadcast from your favorite radio station, TV networks, and cable companies. It's in the stadiums, the arenas, the ballparks. It screams for your attention at the mall. It's interactive on Main Street. It's even coming at you from the gas pump at the nearby convenience store. What is it? It's digital content. It's digital content. It's digital content. Somebody has to create it. Somebody has to manage it. So whether your dream is to write it, design it, create it, call it, produce it, voice it, post it, light it, shoot it, switch it, record it, color Corrected, edit it, code it, repurpose it, tweet it, blog it, post it, compress it, upload it, replay it, or make sure it gets to where it's got to go when it's got to get there in the format it's got to be in. You need to attend Carolina School of Broadcasting. The skills you will learn, the experience you will get, and the connections you will make at Carolina School of Broadcasting will open the doors to the career you want in digital content creation and digital content management. Call or come by today. Click csbradiotv.edu. Everyone knows Strutmasters is the suspension experts for luxury vehicles. And now we offer motorcycle products. Introducing Easy Rider Complete Motorcycle Air Suspension brought to you by Strutmasters.com. You can raise and lower your bike with the flip of a switch. Take those long rides with the ultimate comfort of Easy Rider Air Shocks. They're backed by Strutmasters and you won't believe the low price. Check out Easy Rider Motorcycle Air Suspension at Strutmasters.com. Parents, your son or daughter has had their license for a while now, but you want to make sure they're prepared for any situation they may face on the road. High school driver's ed doesn't teach them to drive defensively. They need to be prepared for any highway emergency. For less than a month's insurance, and a whole lot less, BSR instructors at Summit Point Motorsports Park in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, will teach your son or daughter how to respond instantly and positively to unexpected situations on the road. BSR's specialized accident avoidance training teaches swerve to avoid maneuvers at highway speeds, ocular driving, which focuses driving attention on ways to avoid accidents, vehicle dynamics and feedback, skid control, and skid recovery, threshold braking on straights and progressive braking on curves, and off-road recovery techniques. This is stuff driver's ed simply doesn't teach. So call BSR today, 304-725-8444. Give your kid the skill set needed to drive safely and responsibly on the highway. That's 304-725-8444. This is a test to find out if you know it all when it comes to children. Name one of the leading killers of U.S. children age 1 to 13. What's the best way to protect children in a car crash? At what age and size should a child start using a booster seat? Don't assume you know it all when it comes to car seats for your child. Go to safercar.gov slash the right seat and know for sure. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Hi, I'm Casey Kane, and you're listening to Race Chaser Radio. Now back to the show. Welcome back to Motorsports Madness, powered by MyComputerCareer.edu, training for a better life. Jacob Seelman, Tom Baker, Peter Strada, Noah Lewis, continuing to march through a night of motorsports conversation across the spectrum. And we are, well, I can't even say we're going to the Strutmasters.com hotline because we're, we're, we're using Discord tonight to tape the show. And uh, as his Discord handle so eloquently says, we are now joined by El Rhino Cerro, otherwise known as the Rhino. Ryan Vargas is back on the madness, which it makes it a little more mad than it already was. Vargas, how you doing, bud? I'm good. Thank you guys for uh, having me tonight. 
<laughs> we always appreciate it. Always fun to get you on here and, and talk a little racing, and I think we'd be remiss if we didn't all extend another congratulations. Uh, I know you've heard this term a lot the last few days, but full-time Xfinity Series driver for JD Motorsports. Has that gotten old yet? No, uh, it has not gotten old yet. I've waited about three years now to hear those hear the words full time again. So uh, it's it's been good. Uh, it probably won't hit me until I get to Daytona, um, but I'm just really honored and thankful for the opportunity and uh, here to make the most of it. Well, uh, we know no question that you're going to do that. Uh, I feel like that's been the, the really the story of your entire career since you got uh, into NASCAR and got to the point where the fan following really started to know your name. It's been, Ryan, all about making the most of every opportunity, whether that was full-time when you were back with uh, the Drive for Diversity in what was then the K&M Pro Series East or the part-time opportunities you've had the last couple years with Johnny Davis and, and JDM just to go out and, and show what you were capable of. I mean, you really have had to kind of scratch and claw and just make things happen wherever you could that's really built up to this point. Yeah, um, <laughs> at the end of uh, the end of 2018, you know, my opportunity at Rev Racing was, you know, a once in a lifetime deal. And uh, uh, when that kind of when that fell through, you know, going into a second year, you know, they had to go from three to two cars, um, which was, you know, just a business decision. And they had, you know, I think they made, you know, a great choice with Chase and Ruben at the time. But uh, they left me without a ride. I had to kind of uh, go to school in terms of marketing and how I go about business. Um, you know, I've been able to find, you know, miscellaneous sponsorships here and there uh, to run late models back in 2019, ran uh, 30 late model races, uh, you know, sponsored, which is nuts. I uh, was able to win a couple races, I opened up the opportunity for me to run for Johnny Davis for my first few starts and just continue to just continue to be present. That was my big thing. It's just as long as my face is being seen and my name is being talked about, there's progress being made. I think that's the most important part. It's funny, I actually remember that. You, I, you and I were talking about one of those uh, times, it was at Martinsville, actually, that sticks out to me a couple years ago. I remember I was just um, walking pit road, and all of a sudden, there you are. It's one of those moments where I knew you didn't have a ride that weekend, but yet there you were in a polo, ready to go, ready to make sure people knew, hey, this is who I am, this is what I want to do, you know, how can we make things happen? And you know, to me, that image of you even before you picked up a ride again has been what I think of every time somebody says Ryan Vargas because you j you're a hustler as they say you you're not afraid to get your hands dirty not afraid to get after it and that really led to what you experienced the latter part of this year with TikTok being able to come on board and give you those six races at the end of the year and I feel like really led to you know, a part of this full-time deal coming together this year. I mean, and that that's one of the cool things that uh, kind of happened last year. I mean, you mentioned getting your getting my hands dirty, you know. Once we came back from uh, the mid-season break from the pandemic, um, I, I worked on uh, the Zero Car. I worked on uh, Jeffrey Earnhardt's team, and I also split time with the Six Car as well, working with Wayne and uh, BJ. Um, just working with those guys, you know, I know I have to work with them in the garage area. They may not be the car that I drive, but I'm still working with the people that build the cars. I'm still working with the guys that I see on a week to week basis. Um, and I think that's the most important part, um, is that I'm getting that relationship, 
with the guys around me. Um, that was a huge bonus for me. And frankly, one of the other stories that doesn't really go talked about is, you know, the day I signed the contract for TikTok uh, was the day I signed that contract, I was doing tires for BJ McLeod at Richmond. Um, so I was signing one of the biggest deals of the year, not just for myself, but for really in the sport, you know, TikTok jumping on board. I was signing that while on my phone while trying to do uh, trying to do math to get the tire pressures right for BJ's car. Right, we were talking a bit off the air just now about the, how stacked the lineup is at JD Motorsports this year. I'm curious with Landon and Jeffrey having so much more experience at all these racetracks and running full time. Do you, how much do you lean on them, and what's your feedback been like? Um, my big thing is just really leaning on those guys. I mean, I don't want to lean on them too much. I know we still, at the end of the day, we are racing against each other and we all want to beat each other. Um, but you know, last year I leaned really heavily on BJ McLeod and Jeffrey. Uh, they both were really, really good, uh, helps to me. Uh, same thing with Jesse last year. Now he's at BJ McLeod's team. Um, you know, the camaraderie between us all is really good. You know, we all have such good respect for each other. And I think that's the best part about it. Like, you know, I mean, working with Jeffrey last year on his car, you know, he knows that I'm here. I'm, I may be his competitor on the track, but I'm also there as a teammate. And I'm as, there as a guy that, you know, they can lean on as well. Um, and I think that's the most important part. Yeah, Ryan, other than uh, kicking my butt on Monday Night Racing, um, you know, I, I do want to – tandem with you at some point but i think i'm a little too slow to do that uh, <laughs> other than that um you know you have such a huge presence we talked about tiktok and, and them coming on board with such a beautiful car last year um but you have such a big presence yourself in social media you host races on iRacing for pe people to uh jump into how important that is that for you as a growing and, and developing driver up the ranks um, to do, especially for our generation, our age that likes to do these kind of things. I mean, I kind of have like, I, I, I'm going to sound so arrogant saying this, but I have like a philosophy when it comes to like, you know, building a fan base in the sport. You know, it, it, if you're someone that doesn't have a last name or doesn't have a lot of backing behind them, and neither, and I'm not saying that is it's a bad thing to have either of those things. Um, I'm just saying that as in like, you know, myself, I just didn't have that. Um, I knew the value in having, you know, a genuine fan base behind me. Um, I try to interact with them as much as I can. Uh, I'm thankful for every one of my fans. But, I mean, you know, you have me go out there and racing. Perfect example, you see me at Pocono. Um, we had ourselves a really good day. And because of all the people who followed me on social media, that day did not go unnoticed. That's something that's still talked to a lot to this day. And that's just Pocono. That was before I was sponsored by TikTok. You know, same thing with Texas. That's another one that gets talked about today. You know, you have, you know, this, you compare that to someone who doesn't put an emphasis on social media, doesn't, you know, try to interact with their fans. You know, they just want to do it their own way, which is totally fine. But they go out there and they have a good day or a bad day, a really bad day. Say if they go out there and just have a mechanical failure and they have to park it. Nobody's going to know about that. Nobody's going to know, you know, Everyone's going to go out there, look at the results of man, be like, man, this guy, who is this guy? It's just some scrub versus, you know, you know, you look at what I have to do. I now have tens of hundreds of thousands of followers and supporters who will vouch for me and say, this is this kid's the real deal. This kid, you know, we support him. We know it was just a bad race. I think that's the big thing is having that group of people around you that support you all equally. 
I think we've seen a lot of that and continue to see a lot of that, Ryan, through your social media. And I guarantee you this bunch has more to talk about. So we're going to hold you through uh, the commercial break that we've got upcoming. But if you're just joining us here on Motorsports Madness, powered by My Computer Career, we are talking with JD Motorsports NASCAR Xfinity Series driver Ryan Vargas, who will run the full season this year for Johnny Davis in the number six car. And I know he probably doesn't have any beans that he can spill yet. We're uh, definitely hopeful of sponsor announcements coming for that six car. I'm not going to put Ryan on the spot uh, for that just yet, but we're going to cross our fingers that we can get him back on once there are things to talk about there. That being said, we are a little bit up against a commercial break, so we'll get ready to take that. And when we come back around the turn, we're going to talk to Ryan about JD's preparation for Daytona, uh, how he's approaching Daytona Speed Weeks, and even a little bit more. So don't go anywhere. Motorsports Madness, power by my computer career continues right after this here's an important message from rad and this station hi this is bob sheehan from blues traveler for rad recording artists against drunk driving i like to party just as much as the next guy maybe even more but the one thing i won't do after i've had a few is get in the car and drive don't blow it Always choose a designated driver. Remember, music lives and so should you. Motorsports sales professionals. Performance Motorsports is looking to build a team of experienced media sales professionals to represent our programming to the industry's top companies, magazines, and racing series. If you have motorsports sales or marketing experience, know how to work with agencies, understand social media, and are incredibly creative when it comes to working with clients and promotions, then we want to hear from you. Top performers are richly rewarded. Your imagination is the only limit here. Call 717-749-0444. That's 717-749-0444. Or email us at scorpionradiogroup at gmail.com. You want to ask for Sue. You are a waste. A loser. Everyone hates you. Why don't you just stay in your car and keep driving? I'm serious. Drive until you run out of gas and get out of your car and walk until you find someone who doesn't think you're dumber than bricks. Could take a while, but at least all that walking might burn a couple of calories. You may not witness bullying like this every day. Your kids do. They want to help, but they don't know how. Visit StopBullying.gov to learn safe, simple ways your child can help stop bullying. Be more than a bystander at StopBullying.gov. A message from the Ad Council. You own a performance car and you know how to drive, but you want to learn real performance driving. Well, Bunky, get that car off the street and onto the track. Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier road racing facility, located just over an hour from D.C. in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, is the place to go. And you'll find that Friday at the track is going to give you what you need. For less than a monthly car payment, you can attend this regularly scheduled one-day instructional event in your street car on one of Summit Point's three world-class road racing circuits. You'll receive classroom instruction, skid pad instruction in their cars, including front and rear skid control, and four 20-minute in-your-car instructional sessions from a professional instructor. Have fun, go fast, and really learn how to drive. Call 304-725-8444 for class schedules and details. That's 304-725-8444. Friday at the track at Summit Point Motorsports Park. The Performance Motorsports Network is a compilation of shows about motorsports. 
from technical to controversial to just fun, everything you like about racing and gearhead stuff is right here on one internet channel. The Performance Motorsports Network. Tell your friends about it. Hi, I'm Jesse Love, and you're listening to Race Chaser Radio. Now back to the show. Welcome back to Motorsports Madness, powered by mycomputercareer.edu, which is training for a better life. Jacob Seelman, Tom Baker, Peter Strada, Noah Lewis still with you. Uh, Jesse Love bringing us back from break, and that gives us an opportunity to plug that for the next nine nights, for those who are listening live to this show, that uh, you can tune in to Track Pass on NBC Sports Gold to watch the World Series of Asphalt Stock Car Racing from New Smyrna Speedway, where Jesse will be competing in the Wimmer Motorsports number 21 Toyota Camry Super Late Model and uh, trying to not only get a couple more wins in the Super, but uh, do what he didn't quite get done last year and win the World Series championship. Came a couple points short of that, but talked to Jesse about a week ago, and he's really excited to get back down to Smyrna. Going to be a lot of fun to uh, see. A lot of good talent down there this year as part of uh, Florida Speed Weeks and all the uh, racing that goes on around the action at Daytona International Speedway, which is where we bring Ryan Vargas back in because he will be competing in next Saturday's NASCAR Xfinity Series race at Daytona for JD Motorsports in the number six car, his first race of a full-time season in the Xfinity Series. And Ryan, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm, I'm trying to think back on this. I don't think you've ra- you haven't raced at Daytona, right? At least not in the Xfinity car. No, um, I have not raced at Daytona yet. This will be my second Super Speedway race, though. I did run Talladega in the fall. Um, got caught up in a mess there later in the race, but uh, I'm uh, I'm really excited to go to Daytona. That's been my dream since I first started racing, so uh, really, really excited to knock this one off the bucket list. I want to make this point, too, on the air, and I know you can't say exactly what you said to me on the phone the other day since we're uh, g- g- going to make sure it's still family-friendly here, but uh, you made a promise that if you ever got to run Daytona Speed Weeks that uh, you were going to drive down there yourself for uh, to be there at the racetrack, and you are sticking to that. That promise this come upcoming week that's the that's the plan right now um i i might hitch a ride with some of the other drivers or something like that but you know i i just want to take it all in um i i remember having an interview when i was 12 years old and one of the first one of the questions that they asked me which was a really deep question to ask a 12 year old but they said what's a successful career be realistic and i was like okay um <laughs> And I told him, I said, you know, my dream is to race Daytona. If I get to race something at Daytona, I'm going to call that a good career. Um, so here we are at age 20 with my first race of the year being Daytona. Um, <laughs> so we're definitely having to figure that out. Um, you know, getting to that point is just so incredible. Um, and I'm really excited to just have the opportunity. Well, when you look back at that 12-year-old, Ryan, um, when you were 12 and you were asked that question, could you have really seen the path for you to actually be there at 20 years old and about to um, make your first start in, say, the Xfinity race or any race for that matter at Daytona? <sighs> um, you know, if the realist in me, I mean, the optimist in me says yes, but the realist in me says no. And that's just because, you know, 
my mom is a kindergarten teacher. My dad's a construction worker. Um, and I don't have a, have a last name. I don't have any roots in racing. Um, we really had to kind of find our place in the sport. Um, and uh, <laughs> it's just so incredible the people we've met on the way here, whether it be from the local short track ranks to, you know, the people I've met in the upper levels of the sport, you know, whether they be cup drivers, uh, industry execs, or, you know, other team people. Um, I've, I've met so many people at this point who have all, um, who have all affected me in, in some way or another, um, mostly for the good. Um, it, it's definitely changed the course of a lot of things for me. Um, what I've expected to have made it this far, this quick, absolutely not. But um, I'm very, very, very fortunate. And uh, that's something I try to show to everybody is that, you know, I'm not just some kid that's here to, you know, be here. I'm here to take advantage of this opportunity and grow not just myself as a driver, but, you know, my brand, my fan base. You know, I want to connect and be the guy that people root for, not just on Saturdays, but on Sundays one day. Talking about growing as a driver, Ryan, um, I know you mentioned earlier that um, you have spent a lot of time in the pits with your team working on, you know, the, the crews when you weren't driving in the past, but now you've, you're full-time. Um, how much are you able to rely? What's the communication been like so far going into Daytona between yourself and um, the two guys on your team that have actually raced at Daytona, of course, um, you know, Jeffrey and, and Landon, how much have you, they already helped you got you and Colby out and what's the communication like between you guys leading up to this man you know <laughs> by any uh really our communication has been mainly just sending memes and bullying each other especially bullying colby but uh <laughs> uh no but i mean you know we lean on everybody there that's the thing I, I mentioned it in the last segment you know we lean on each other a lot and i think that's the most important part um is that we is that we all are a team we're all there for the same goal we all know the situation we're in you know we know we have to be smart with our equipment we can't go out there and uh try and battle for a stage win or you know put ourselves in jeopardy to tear up a race car we have to be smart and uh you know i think that's going to show on the racetrack and i think we're going to have ourselves uh a strong performance all right ryan uh when, when you look not just at Daytona, but at this season. I know there's been a lot of people talking about and maybe using the word breakout around Johnny Davis and, and JD Motorsports with Gary Keller, but I really get that sense. I've, I've talked to you now. We have on this show. We've talked to Colby. Um, I had a chance to uh, you know go back and forth a little bit with Landon. Everybody seems to think, and I'm curious your thoughts, that this really can be a breakout season for JD Motorsports uh, and have a couple of you guys maybe challenging for playoff spots because it's the first time that there's been the consistency of four guys working together and all running the full season together. I think that's going to be the key is that there's four guys in the same cars all year long. Um, it's going to offer that opportunity for the team to have a continuity each and every weekend. You know, the same guys working with each other. You're not going to have two guys every weekend and then the other two cars be two different drivers. It's going to be the same people every week. Um, and that's what I think is the most important part. Um, you're going to be able to, we're going to be able to build these relationships. We're going to be able to, you know, the teams are going to be able to bounce notes off each other, you know, kind of grow the whole operation. 
I mean, and frankly, you know, you look back at the year that Ross made the playoffs when he was splitting the time with JGR and JD. Even before he made, he won the race and locked himself in. He he was on his way to make the playoffs with with the JD car, flat out. And I don't think it's too far a stretch of the imagination to say that one, you know, one of us four has a chance to go up there and do so. Um, you know, for me, my goal is to finish every race, be smart, bring the car home every in one piece every single weekend. But you know, if we're able to find ourselves in contention like we did past couple races at uh you know at texas or pocono or the roval or road courses um you know just we we have speed uh, i think it's shown you know we've we've grown immensely over the last year and uh, i think that's something that i think is going to reflect heavily on the racetrack ryan uh, final question i've got for you and i also want you to take a minute to, i know you can't talk about sponsors but uh before you get done here uh, to say some thank yous to the people that have helped make this possible but um when you look at those who are trying to come after you and follow in your footsteps, follow that blueprint that you've made, you know, what advice would you give that young racer, that young Ryan Vargas who is trying to make their way in the sport and find their way in the sport? What advice would you give for them? Biggest piece of advice to any, any young racer that's trying to make their way, and that's you know, whether they have the funding or, um, uh, or if they do, um, you're going to have so many more bad days than good that you're going to have a lot of things put against you. Um, you just got to keep going through it. You got to keep pushing through. Um, you have to face every challenge head on and you got to learn every single time you step foot in a race car. Um, I think that is probably one of the most valuable lessons I've had. And uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll, uh, I'll never forget when Dale Jr. came up to me at GoPro Motorplex, we're all go-karting, he told, he told me, he said, you know, he was, he, he was watching me from the booth and noticed what I was doing in Johnny's stuff. And uh, I think that's the most, one of the coolest things for me. Um, have someone like Dale Jr. say that they're watching me um, and say that I'm doing a really good job. Um, and I hope to keep making those impressions throughout the year. All right, you got about 45 seconds here. Thank yous, shout-outs, anybody you need to uh, give a nod to, then now's the time to do it. No, yeah, I want to give a huge thank you to everyone at JD Motorsports and all the you know people who have worked with me up to this point. Um, you know, it's It's been an incredible ride so far. I'm excited to kind of get some things put out there, um, as well as my family, all the fans that follow me. Follow me on uh, Twitter and TikTok at RyanVargas23 and Instagram at RTRV23. All right, merch merch drop real quick. That's coming, right? If it's not already here, I know you've been talking about it on social. Oh yeah, check out ryanvargas.com for all of that stuff. I was going to say I knew I knew there was Rhino Gang merch. I ha I admittedly have not gotten mine yet, but that will happen. That that's going to happen before the end of Speed Weeks. So there's an on-air promise. I will make sure it gets done. <laughs> Sounds good. Thank you. Always a pleasure, Ryan. Thank you for uh, spending some time with us here. Uh, thanks for jumping in, and uh, best of luck next week during the uh, Xfinity Series 300 down there at Daytona. I'll be down there watching from the press box. Awesome. Thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it. That is Ryan Vargas from JD Motorsports with Gary Keller. Uh, and again, he'll drive a full season in the number six Chevrolet in the Xfinity Series this year. First full season in the NASCAR Xfinity Series for the Rhino. And we thank him for his time 
on the Madness here this evening. When we come back in our final big segment, we're going to have some Daytona 500 prep, start giving some Speed Weeks predictions, all that coming up right around the turn, so don't go anywhere. You own a performance car, and you know how to drive, but you want to learn real performance driving. Well, Bunky, get that car off the street and onto the track. Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier road racing facility, located just over an hour from D.C. in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, is the place to go. And you'll find that Friday at the track is going to give you what you need. For less than a monthly car payment, you can attend this regularly scheduled one-day instructional event in your street car on one of Summit Point's three world-class road racing circuits. You'll receive classroom instruction, skid pad instruction in their car, including front and rear skid control and four 20-minute in-your-car instructional sessions from a professional instructor. Have fun, go fast, and really learn how to drive. Call 304-725-8444 for class schedules and details. That's 304-725-8444. Friday at the track at Summit Point Motorsports Park. Green light. Hey, girl. School zone. I'm getting hungry. Car changing lanes. You want to meet me for pizza? Stop sign. Intersection clear. Yeah, street. Pizza sounds good. Ball in street? Girl in street! (gasps) It's hard to concentrate on two things at once, like texting and driving. Stop the text, stop the wrecks. How will you stop texting and driving? Tell us at stoptextstoprex.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Here's an important message from Rad and this station. Hi, this is Bob Sheehan from Blues Traveler for Rad, recording artists against drunk driving. I like to party just as much as the next guy, maybe even more. But the one thing I won't do after I've had a few is get in the car and drive. Don't blow it. Always choose a designated driver. Remember, music lives and so should you. Automotive technicians and auto service trainees, how would you like to work at the beach and perform for one of the best car care centers in the nation? Lewis Meineke is now looking for skilled automotive technicians to join their award-winning team. If you're a gearhead that knows his or her stuff or a young up-and-comer that has the motivation and drive to succeed, then you need to make this call today, 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center, located in beautiful Lewis, Delaware, offers a highly competitive compensation plan, great benefits, a flexible schedule, and did we mention that you're going to be working at the beach? Plus, there's a signing bonus for the right candidates. Technicians must be ASE certified and have a minimum of six years' experience. Beginners advance at your own pace in one of several entry-level positions. But whatever you do, don't wait. These jobs will go fast. Call Tim at 302-827-2054. That's 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center. Rev up your career. Hi, this is Derek Krause, and you're listening to Race Chaser Radio. Now back to the show. Welcome back to Motorsports Madness, powered by mycomputercareer.edu, which is training for a better life. Jacob Seelman, Tom Baker, Noah Lewis, Peter Strada, continuing to talk a little racing, and we are now officially in the downward run towards Speed Week. It starts with the Bush Clash, which we talked a little bit about, Tom, earlier. 21 drivers eligible. That includes Ty Dillon, who will be in the 2311 racing number 23 Toyota Camry, in lieu of Bubba Wallace, who is not eligible 
for the Clash to open the season. It will be on the Daytona Road Course, and we'll go around the table. Tom, Ken, then Noah, and Peter. Uh, give me a percentage from 0 to 100. Chances that Chase Elliott will not win the Bush Clash Tuesday night. The chance Elliott has at not winning the Bush Clash, I'll keep it somewhat alliterative and say it's 9%. I think he'll have a great shot of winning that race on this weekend. <laughs> I think Peter I think Peter went backwards Noah in terms of in terms of the the question that I asked I'll give my answer in a minute but hey it's okay uh, we'll, we'll go in reverse order while we're waiting for Tom to uh, escape from the crickets <laughs> yeah I think your question right was uh the percentage of him not winning that is correct and uh, yes and the percentage of him not winning I would say falls around the, the 20 to 30% mark. Chase Elliott on a road course, that's that's hard to predict. Huh. So as Peter comes back in the chat and, and says uh, that he meant 9% won't win. I think Tom had his mute button punched by accident. Tom, are, are, are you back with us? Did, did, did we have you in parentheses by accident? I don't know what the situation was there, but uh, I'm going to say that there is a 50% chance that Chase Elliott doesn't win the Bush Clash because it's the Bush Clash and anything can happen. And so I'm going to give it a 50-50 and be real conservative on this one. Okay, here, here's my answer. A, it's the Bush Clash. B, it's on a road course. C, it's on the Daytona road course. My response is there is a 1%. I am giving it a 1% chance that Chase Elliott will not win the Bush Clash. He is the absolute odds-on, unbridled favorite for this event. He obliterated the field to win the Daytona Road Course race last August, and I think not only is he going to win the Bush Clash, he's going to set himself up to win his way right back into the playoffs in week two of the season by winning on the Daytona Road Course, which replaces the Fontana race and gets kind of shuffled around here. Now, that being said, I want a yes or a no and a reason why we'll we'll try this again and go tom noah peter this time do you like the decision or the change of the clash being on the road course this year or not and why i love it because it's something a little bit different i'm not sure it's gonna be a fantastic race on the road course but then who knows maybe it'll turn out better than I think. Remember, they did this originally because they thought we were going to have the new car and it was going to be kind of a maiden voyage for the for the new car. But then, of course, uh, you know, all of that uh, got pushed back a year, but they still kept the Bush Clash format on the road course. So um, it'll be interesting to see how this uh, turns out, Jacob. But I think that, um, you know, this probably for the first time anyway, um, will be it's new to everybody, so it'll be interesting to see how it works out. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna agree there with uh, Tom. In some ways, it will be interesting to see how it works out. But I'm gonna put my fan hat on for a second, not my reporter hat. I know that uh, these teams tear a lot of cars up when it comes to clash, and maybe that's not the best thing. Um, but I don't know. I, I I've always liked the 
jumping right on the speedway, getting a first dash for the all-stars of our sport and and uh, and just the intensity and the wildness that the clash brings. So I am optimistic about them jumping on the road course side of things, but I will say I, I will sort of miss um, that super speedway uh, transition from where we get on the super speedway for the first time in the season. I don't disagree with that, Peter. To the shock of no one, I'll actually agree with Noah and say that I will miss it being on the super speedway like it has been for so many years to whet our appetite for the Daytona 500 and really kick off speed race, kick off the NASCAR calendar season. I remember back a couple or would have been about a decade and a half ago, IROC ran about a similar number of cars on the Daytona road course and Tony Stewart obliterated the field. It was not that compelling of a race and with a similar number of cars, I think at 21 drivers in this field, I'm concerned at how competitive it'll actually be, especially with Chase Elliott as one of them. All right, so that being said, I guess I'll wrap up this discussion with I think it will be a more competitive race than the IROC race on the Daytona Road Course was. That was 12 drivers, and very few of them actually had really solid road course experience. Um, in this case, there you know most of the NASCAR Cup Series field has not only road course experience, but experience specifically on the Daytona Road Course now. So I think that ought to make it a little bit more of a compelling race, but but Peter, you're right. With Chase Elliott in the field and perhaps Martin Truex Jr., it may be a two-horse race for the win and everybody else racing for third on back at that point. But I do know the one thing that I like is uh, show me the money for the driver who wins. It's more than double the pay to win the Bush Clash uh, compared to what it is to finish second on back. And uh, that is courtesy of the entry blank that Clint Boyer, who was eligible for the event but has elected not to compete, uh, distributed for all of us to see on social media the other day. Now, that being said, we look forward. Daytona 500 qualifying under the lights Wednesday night. This is a yes or no. Do you like primetime qualifying for the Daytona 500, Tom? Um, yes, I do love primetime qualifying, actually, and I'm happy that they're doing it that way just because, it really, it's the same for everybody, and you run the duels under the lights, so you might as well qualify under the lights is the way I look at it. Okay, Noah? Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, I do, I like it as well, like like Tom said, um, and it'll be something different than what we've seen in the past. We usually see a, a uh, Sunday qualifying where it's in the middle of the day, I think around noon is when we usually go qualifying. Um, so this will be kind of cool, it adds into that element of speed week, it's going to be a busy week for you and I, Jacob. Yes, it will be. Peter? I guess I'll disagree and say I'll miss qualifying in the daytime in similar track conditions to what they'll be racing in. I mean, I got so used to qualifying on Sunday the same weekend as the push clash. Obviously, this year is a bit different with the condensed schedule with the Super Bowl being, I believe, pushed back a week. So for one year, yeah, I'm willing to give primetime weeknight Daytona 500 qualifying a chance. But if I had my choice, I'd rather see it on a Sunday afternoon. I'm with you. I would prefer to see qualifying during the day because I think a hot and slick Daytona International Speedway uh, for two laps of basically ragged on the edge all-out qualifying is a whole lot more challenging than the extra grip they're going to have of a cooler racetrack 
qualifying under the lights. So I, I, I'm in the camp of I wish it were still during the day, but as it is, we got what we got. That leads us to Thursday and the Blue Green Vacations duels at Daytona. These are going to be compelling because we have a bunch of heavy hitters as open entries this year, all trying to race their way in. We know at least one big name, one important name that has run well in the Daytona 500 or is a future star of the sport is going to go home if not more than one after the duels tom who is your shock name that is going to not make the field for the daytona 500 well i don't know how much of a shock this is going to be uh considering it's a new team but if i had to choose right now and it's basically a toss-up for all of us we have no idea how they're going to run when they get on the track but i'm going to say the track house racing entry oh wait they have a charter they don't do they? have, so a, they're they do have starting. a charter yes they do they're they're yes, safe i just remembered that wow okay so i'm at that point i'm gonna go with i think there's a good potential that ryan priest doesn't make it in the 37 car and i really um, honestly, I think that would be just a crime, but, uh, you know, again, it's the way that the, uh, yep. the charter are, are these days. Um, and, uh, I think there's a chance because you got a lot of new teams coming in with charters. So even if they're slower, they're still going to make the field. Indeed. Noah. Yeah. Uh, I think, uh, Tom stole mine there, so I'll pick someone else, um, just for the sake of it. But I, I would go ahead and say that that Ryan Priest entry is, uh, is, is a bit concerning with what we saw, um, you know, with them losing their charter. However, I'm going to say it would be extremely disheartening to see, um, Noah Gregson go home after yeah. the week that Gaunt brothers have had and, and their uh, owner passing away and, and all that's surrounding that shop. I want Noah to get in the 500. I know he can do his absolute best there, especially under the circumstances that they are, but I think it'd be heartbreaking to see them go. Peter. I was looking over the 500 entry list just now, and Tom did, in fact, take my pick of Ryan Priest. But just to be different, I'll say that the feel-good story of Speed Reach last year, Timmy Hale will be the shocking upset who's left on the outside looking in after the duels. I question the MVM's car, uh, car's ability to maintain the draft and stay up in a position to transfer into the big show. But, hey, it's Daytona. Anything can happen in the duels. I'd love to see him make the race again, but I think it's very, very uncertain for him. Yeah, and uh, back to my point there, Jacob. Sorry to cut you off, but I meant Beard Motorsports, not Gaunt Brothers. For some reason, Correct. the two mixed in my head. So Beard Motorsports with Noah Gregson in the 500. That's all right. So my driver who's going to miss the 500 is the driver who finished fourth last year. I think David Reagan and Front Row Motorsports miss the Daytona 500. I just have a funny feeling, and I think Ryan Priest is going to be okay. I think they're going to trim that car out for qualifying, and Priest is going to be fast enough in order to make the race as one of the fastest two open cars during qualifying day. That being said, we got about two minutes left in this segment. We're going to save our Daytona 500 picks for the white flag. Truck and Xfinity picks. Tom, then Noah, then Peter, go. Oh, gosh. Um, I'm going to say um, Zane Smith in the trucks, and I'm going to say uh, in the Xfinity, I'm going to go with um, Harrison Burton. 
Oh, Tom's stealing my stuff again. No, uh, for the trucks, I'm, I'm thinking more of Johnny Sauter comeback. And uh, I was going to say Harrison Burton in the Xfinity Series. And you know what? I'm going to stick with him. Harrison Burton. Peter. For the trucks, I'll pick Matt Crafton. And a Burton will win the Xfinity race, but not Harrison. It'll be Jeb Burton in his debut in the colleague number 10 car. Watch this. I am going to I, I I'm going to do different than all of you here. The truck race is going to be won by Austin Hill. Uh, that 16 truck has been fast on plate tracks before, and it is going to be fast once again. And in the Xfinity series, I am going to pick a driver who has uh, his car should have won Daytona last July. It didn't, and it's going to correct that this time. A.J. Allmendinger is going to win the Xfinity race and get redemption for the, uh, or, or sorry, July, August. Uh, that that goes to show where my head's at. I time warped back a month or two. Uh, the summer race, we'll go with that. August and July are still both in the summer. So A.J. Allmendinger is going to fix the uh, mishap from last summer, and A.J. is going to win the Xfinity race next Saturday. And I think Ryan Vargas finishes in the top 10, oh, by the way. As a bonus thing, that being said, the Daytona 500 is next Sunday, and we will have those picks in the White Flag segment, which comes back at you right after these words. Do not go anywhere. Parents, your son or daughter has had their license for a while now, but you want to make sure they're prepared for any situation they may face on the road. High school driver's ed doesn't teach them to drive defensively. They need to be prepared for any highway emergency. For less than a month's insurance, and a whole lot less, BSR instructors at Summit Point Motorsports Park in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, will teach your son or daughter how to respond instantly and positively to unexpected situations on the road. BSR's specialized accident avoidance training teaches swerve to avoid maneuvers at highway speed, ocular driving, which focuses driving attention on ways to avoid accidents, vehicle dynamics and feedback, skid control, and skid recovery, threshold braking on straights and progressive braking on curves, and off-road recovery techniques. This is stuff driver's ed simply doesn't teach so call bsr today 304-725-8444 give your kid the skill set needed to drive safely and responsibly on the highway that's 304-725-8444 you hear that that's the sound of america's only sports car that's right it's a corvette but not just any corvette it's your Corvette. It's that who cares if there's traffic part of your day. And this can be you when you come to Cooper Corvettes. With 60 years of Corvettes to choose from, there's always a Corvette in your budget. And they'll service any Corvette you bring in. Cooper Corvettes. On Route 1 just north of Quantico and Triangle. Call, click, or visit coopercorvettes.com. Victory Custom Trailers is the place to go for your next new or used trailer or coach. Being personally involved in the racing community allows Victory to fully understand what racers need in a trailer. They have over 200 coaches and trailers in stock for a variety of industries, and they can serve anyone in the continental U.S. If you're looking for something custom, they can assist in designing a trailer to fit your needs. Check out their entire inventory online at victorycustomtrailers.com. Hi, this is John Andrasik of Five for Fighting, here for RAD, the entertainment industry's voice for road safety. You know, style is a personal thing, and your lifestyle is your business. But if you take it on the road, it becomes everybody's business. So please, plan ahead, designate before you celebrate. Friends, 
Don't let friends drive drunk. A public service announcement brought to you by RAD, the National Association of Broadcasters and the Ad Council. When Marlon Shirley was five years old, he was in an accident and lost his foot, but he didn't lose his heart. When you tackle a challenge that you just cannot even fathom tackling, when you accomplish that, the amount of integrity and the will and the heart that you'll get from that experience is what will set you up for your life. In less time than it took Marlon Shirley to say that, he can now run 100 meters because today he's the world's fastest amputee. Overcome. Pass it on from the Foundation for a Better Life at values.com. Hi, this is Chandler Smith, and you're listening to the Race Chaser Radio. Now back to the show. Welcome back to Motorsports Madness, powered by my computer career, Jacob Seelman, Tom Baker, Peter Strada, Noah Lewis with you. Final segment, white flag. We got 90 seconds, gentlemen. Daytona 500 picks. Tom, you're up. Oh, boy, the Daytona 500. Boy, do I want to pick an upset here. The problem with that is, even though it's the perfect scenario for it, um, if I want to win our fantasy, the cup picks are what counts, and I want to get off to a strong start on the year. So I am going to say the 2021 Daytona 500 winner is going to be Kyle Larson. <laughs> that was You took up a lot of time. Noah, be quicker. <laughs> yes, New Year going there, Tom. I'm going to say William Byron goes back-to-back Daytona wins. All right, Peter. Two-time second-place finisher Ryan Blaney will win the Harley JRL Trophy. Wow. Okay. Uh, so I, I this may not win me any fantasy points, but I'm going with my heart for once because I really I, I want to believe it can happen. The uh, the the chapter closes the way it should have closed in August and just didn't quite work out. I say the six team finishes what they almost had last year, and Ryan Newman gets redemption by winning the Great American Race wow. one year after his crash. I just you know they say Hollywood can't write that script. Well, I like to believe that they could write that script, and RFR has really really good speedway cars. That being said, this edition of Motorsports Madness is basically up. We made it through a show and I hit all the right buttons. So for Tom, Peter, Noah, I'm Jacob Seelman. Keep it off the wall, folks. Uh, We'll be back with a new one next Thursday. Till we meet again. You've been listening to Motorsports Madness powered by mycomputercareer.edu. Training for a better life. You can be an IT professional in as little as four months. Visit mycomputercareer.edu and take the free career evaluation test today. Motorsports Madness, a race chaser media production. For more exciting and passionate motorsports content, follow Race Chaser Media on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube, and visit racechasermedia.com. The opinions expressed by our guests are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, affiliates, or marketing partners of Race Chaser Media. No part of this show may be reproduced in any manner without the expressed written consent of Race Chaser Media. Thank you for listening.